Welcome to Perennial Meditations, a podcast by the Perennial Leader Project. Welcome back to another episode of our Sundays with Seneca series. Today's selected reading comes from a letter known today as On the Fear of Death. And due to the length of this one, we're going to break it up into two episodes. Today's meditation is available to all subscribers, so if you enjoy it, consider becoming a member to get access to our Sundays with Seneca series each week, along with all of our other daily meditations. One quick note before we get to our reading, we have a live virtual meetup this week on Wednesday, May 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I would love to see you there. I'm going to be joined by Dr. Brian Russell, the author of Centering Prayer and previous guest on In Search of Wisdom to discuss the wisdom of integrating stillness practices in daily life. We're going to talk about things like contemplation, meditation, centering prayer, and how we can integrate these type of practices into modern life. All right, without any further delay, I hope you enjoy this Sundays with Seneca episode. I have already ceased to be anxious about you. Whom then of the gods, you ask, have you found as your voucher? A god, let me tell you, who deceives no one, a soul in love with that which is upright and good. The better part of yourself is on safe ground. Fortune can inflict injury upon you. What is more pertinent is that I have no fears lest you do injury to yourself. Proceed as you have begun and settle yourself in this way of living, not luxuriously, but calmly. But you say, it is not better even to lie idle than to whirl around in these eddies of business distraction. Both extremes are to be deprecated, both tension and sluggishness. I hold that he who lies on a perfumed couch is no less dead than he who is dragged along by the executioner's hook. Leisure without study is death. It is a tomb for the living man. What then is the advantage of retirement? As if the real causes of our anxieties do not follow us across the seas. What hiding place is there where the fear of death does not enter? What peaceful haunts are there? so fortified and so far withdrawn that pain does not fill them with fear. Therefore, 
gird yourself about with philosophy, an impregnable wall, though it be assaulted by many engines, fortune can find no passage into it. The soul stands on unsaliable ground if it has abandoned external things. It is independent in its own fortress, and every weapon that is hurled falls short of the mark. Fortune has not the long reach with which we credit her. She can seize none except him that clings to her. Let us then recoil from her as far as we are able. This will be possible for us only through knowledge of self and of the world of nature. The soul should know whether it is going and whence it came, what is good for it and what is evil, what it seeks and what it avoids, and what is that reason which distinguishes between the desirable and the undesirable, and thereby tames the madness of our desires and calms the violence of our fears. Some men flatter themselves that they have checked these evils by themselves, even without the aid of philosophy. But when some accident catches them off their guard, a tardy confession of error is wrung from them. Their boastful words perish from their lips when the torturer commands them to stretch forth their hands and when death draws nearer. This strength of heart, however, will come from constant study, provided that you practice, not with the tongue, but with the soul, and provided that you prepare yourself to meet death. To enable yourself to meet death, you may expect no encouragement or cheer from those who try to make you believe, by means of their hair-splitting logic, that death is no evil. For I take pleasure, excellent Lucilius, in poking fun at the absurdities of the Greeks, of which, to my continual surprise, I have not yet succeeded in ridding myself. Our master Zeno uses a syllogism like this, No evil is glorious, but death is glorious. Therefore, death is no evil. A cure, Zeno. I have been freed from fear. Henceforth, I shall not hesitate to bear my neck on the scaffold. Will you not utter sterner words instead of rousing a dying man to laughter? Indeed, Lucilius, I could not easily tell you whether he who thought that he was quenching the fear of death by setting up this syllogism was the more foolish, or he who attempted to refute it, just as if it had anything to do with the matter.
Nothing he says that is indifferent can be glorious. Death is glorious. Therefore, death is not indifferent. You comprehend the tricky fallacy which is contained in this syllogism. Mere death is, in fact, not glorious. But a brave death is glorious. And when you say nothing that is indifferent is glorious, I grant you this much and declare that nothing is glorious except as it deals with indifferent things. I classify as indifferent, that is, neither good nor evil. Sickness, pain, poverty, exile, death, none of these things intrinsically glorious, but nothing can be glorious apart from them. For it is not poverty that we praise. It is the man whom poverty cannot humble or bend. Nor is it exile that we praise. It is the man who withdraws into exile in the spirit in which he would have sent another into exile. It is not pain that we praise. It is the man whom pain has not coerced. One praises not death, but the man whose soul death takes away before it can confound it. All these things are in themselves neither honorable nor glorious. But any one of them that virtue has visited and touched is made honorable and glorious by virtue. They merely lie in between. And the decisive question is not only whether wickedness or virtue has laid hold upon them. Thank you for subscribing and listening to another episode of the Perennial Meditations podcast. I hope you found something useful for daily life. If so, I urge you to put what you heard into practice. Until next time, be wise and be well.